1: To the RB1 Cool Advanced Football Podcast brought to you by BigTeachDevice.com. I am your humble host, beat Roger, joined by, as always, by Just park Fun.
2: And
1: oh my God, he's back on the podcast. It's been so long, Jordan Smith. I tried to get through that as fast as possible because we wanted to see how I could do it. And how did I do? Very well. It was
2: well. quick. It was
1: quick. Good work. As I, before I jumped onto the podcast, my fiance yelled at me that I have a honeymoon to plan. So I figured I would start with uh, as much expediency as possible to, uh, to try to keep the podcast going at a brisk pace Ooh! Wait, whoa it, oh clark you go ahead because i was just going to comment on the fact that jordan is not only drinking uh, a delightful beverage but drinking out of a glass like a civilized human being
0: what is this yeah it's uh oh i haven't even seen you guys since like christmas this is actually i know it's
1: been forever I got a, a
0: four glass uh christmas set so i've been enjoying oh, all my beverages out of these classing up the joint very
1: nice i know seriously i'm just drinking out of my my bottle my glass bottle and i feel like i should be uh be drinking out of an actual glass
2: i only use my glasses once and then i throw them
0: away (laughs) then i recycle them i tell you what it helps you drink the beer faster (laughs) does there you go
2: uh pete Um, if you get stuck you can just uh do a quick recording of yourself saying babe that sounds great to (laughs) help with the honeymoon planning
1: and I could just, I'll just put it, I'll just have it out uh, in the living room just on repeat. Any question she asks, it'll just respond. That sounds great. Uh, I think that's definitely the way. Then who knows what honeymoon I'll be stumbling into. Though I'm sure it'll be amazing because she can hear me through the door. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Anyways, uh, welcome, everyone. Of course, we have an excellent podcast for you. Uh, We are going to recap conference championship games. Uh, We'll recap our beer bets that were placed there. We'll shed many a tear for the official team of the RB1 podcast uh, with a musical tribute. Uh, We will, of course, start the podcast talking about coaching news because, oh, my goodness, baby, have we got some. Uh, And then we'll wrap it all up. Uh, maybe doing a quick little talk about what the Jaguars and Vikings can do to kind of return to the giant tango next year. Uh, and then we off, opened up the question bag mail thing, um, and we have some questions, which we might delve into if we have the time. Uh, we got It's a jam-packed show. It's a jam-packed show, and I'm, for one, very excited. I'm stoked. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, and for the record, we are not... Um, I wanted to say this at the top of the podcast because this is a weird... Uh, because the Super Bowl's got you know two weeks before it. This is not a Super Bowl preview podcast. We're going to try our best to talk as little about the Super Bowl as possible. We'll save all of our uh, insights and predictions and delightful witticisms about the Super Bowl uh, for next week's podcast. And in fact, we might not even have a Super Bowl um, because as we all know, comment 2002 AJ129 could come colliding with Earth, and we will all be stuck under a cloud of dust uh, for 10 years. So, who knows?
2: Who knows? I'm ready, man. I got a closet full of MREs Let's do this. <laughs> Basically, party at Clark's if the world is
1: ending. Let's uh, start with some coaching news. And obviously, obviously, for anyone who's ever listened to the podcast, the instant, I mean, we've been tweeting about it constantly, the instant the Tennessee Titans picked their new head coach, you knew we were going to spend way too much time talking about it uh, so obviously we're gonna talk about mike Vrabel to to the tennessee titans but first uh, i'm gonna just list a bunch of shit that's happened and you guys can pick on whatever hires that you want to touch on if there are any um it's only if i only got four on my list we got cardinals hire steve Wilkes as the head coach he was the panthers defensive coordinator <clears throat> todd haley is now the offensive coordinator of the browns pat Shermer officially Becomes the head coach of the giants and North Turner is the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Anything you guys want to touch on there or should we just go on to the, uh, the main
2: event? No, no comment.
0: (laughs) My, my comment has been for like the past week or so is that Pat Shermer leaving Minnesota. That'll be a big deal for fantasy implications next season. Um, I think the Giants offense is going to get a big spike and the Vikings are probably going to take a little bit of a step back.
1: Uh, do you think you think that's the Giants are going to take a step forward or fantasy relevance of the Giants will be improved even with Eli under center, even with any kind of a uh, signal caller that they will stumble upon? Or do you think, or do you see them like, do you see Pat Shermer being able to mitigate to the disaster that is a, a aging Eli?
0: I think if he helped make Case Keenum a viable championship quarterback, that he can at least milk a little bit more out of Eli Manning. You got Odell Beckham stepping into the Stefan Diggs role. I don't know what Brandon Marshall has left, but they got to find somebody that could take on the Adam Thielen role. And it's might be a little bit of an upgrade from the, yeah, Evan Ingram is going to eat in offense. That's what I'm excited for. There you go. Evan Ingram. He's a wide receiver anyway. (laughs)
2: Well, I think it's going to be an upgrade, just like I think the Browns are going to win more games next season. Like, Odell Beckham (laughs) is going to play. (laughs) That's fair. Sure, but how are you going to feel about anybody on that team other than Odell? I think Evan Ingram's going to be that out-on-a-limb pick that I think will pay off. I think we saw enough out of him this year that he is a wide receiver, but rookie tight ends just do not do well in the NFL, And, and he had a very good... Rookie season, but other than that, it's going to be a lot of guesses and sometimes twenty-seven black sometimes hit. hits. Yep. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh,
1: on Evan Ingram, and I will—I'll quickly make this uh, this plug for myself because you know that's what I have this podcast around for. Um, on FakeTeams.com, I wrote up the most. Uh, I looked through all of the fantasy players and and kind of figured out who is the most consistent at each position. Uh, spoiler alert: Todd Gurley is the most consistent fantasy player this year. Shocker in group surprisingly was fifth uh, among tight ends with the most what I called worthwhile starts, uh, which were games that were I had above anyone who had scored oh more than five points uh, in ESPN standard scoring. So Evan Ingram, despite you know he, his numbers weren't astronomical through the roof, but he consistently was producing and getting you points. Fifth best in in the NFL this year, so I I think he is definitely someone who I'm personally going to keep eyes on, uh, especially if because really outside of Grant, Travis Kelsey, and presumably Zach Ertz, you know, the tight end position is is not necessarily you know there, there's a pretty big drop off after those guys, uh, and I like myself some some Evan Ingram.
2: I think Olsen will be back. I just want to that's not, true. Olson didn't miss like the
1: entire season.
2: Top two or three, but like you're gonna get him fifth tight end and feel like I'm good. That's fine. That's fair. Yeah. That's
0: fair. That's I fair. started I started Evan Ingram in the flex all season long, so I definitely believe the consistency because I was reaping the benefits of that. Yeah, he was he was performing. Um okay, let's get on
1: to the main event because this is uh, An RB1 fantasy football podcast, but really, second to that is a Tennessee Titans Let's Fix Marcus Mariota podcast. So we all want to talk about Mike Vrabel coming into Tennessee. Uh, Clark, let's start with you. Give me your first impressions on this hire, because we all kind of thought that they would go offensive-minded as a head coach, but they didn't. They went defense.
2: I was really hoping that Vrabel would eventually take over as defensive coordinator in Houston. So my biased opinion is I'm sad to see him go. You never want to condemn somebody because they're new, because sometimes people come into a new gig and they kill it. But I have seen more monumental pictures of Mike Vrabel standing in a shadow and majestically overlooking the Titans and just like, oh, the savior's here. Guys, come on. First year coach, never been a coach before. Defensive minded coach. So, yeah, maybe that'll free him up to pick up somebody on offense. But I mean, my overall impression is: I wish him the best. I want my division to be good, but let's calm down a little bit.
1: Yeah. That being said, I, I agree with everything you said, Clark, except for the fact that uh, Mike Vrabel looks pretty damn good in that in that stoic stance. He is a he is a svelte man. I mean, on those press conferences, that suit he was wearing was tailor made and was uh, was stressing at at his both his pecs and his. But he is a he is a
0: svelte man. He still works out. Yeah, bro bro lifts. That, that bro lifts. I mean, I, I hate to, to linger on the Vikings, but I think maybe they're trying to follow a little bit of their blueprint where they hire the defensive-minded head coach and they're going to bring in somebody with a little bit more of an offensive mind to help Marcus Mariota out. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, they were – they were
1: well. There was a lot of reports, and I'm and now it's it, it, I'm a little worried because the the big reports. It seemed like Vrabel wanted to bring in Ryan Day. I think this is what his name was, who was the offensive coordinator or who worked with Chip Kelly on the Eagles, and he worked with uh he was on Oregon staff when Mariota was there, and so like obviously knew how to build an offense tailored to Mariota. And I think he's on, in Ohio State on Ohio State staff right now. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, they couldn't bring him away from that, which is a little worrisome, uh, because you would like to think that being an offensive coordinator in the NFL with a franchise quarterback would be kind of the number one gig. Um, but well, Ohio State's
2: it, like the best NFL team in Ohio. <laughs> that's so. fair. That is the <laughs> burn. Yeah. Um, but that's a little worrisome
1: because I think if they had done that, then that's awesome. Like if that – clearly that was Vrabel's plan coming in was let's get an offensive coordinator who has already built a system for Mariota. Um, and it's, I'm a little worried now that plan A didn't plan out. And so I'm curious as to what plan B
0: is. What's Chip Kelly doing right now? Hey. Hey.
2: Didn't he call it games for like ESPN 6? I mean that's got to oh be the gosh. best <laughs> job in the world. Like that's not disparaging. If they want no. to hire me to be like Tucson Network ESPN. It, I'll do that gig. Yeah. in. You just match my current salary. I'll cover <laughs> my own moving expenses. Let's it's uh, ESPN 8, the Ocho. Oh, man. Sounds like a bold strategy, Cotton. A bold strategy, Cotton. Even though I said calm down, it's interesting to see something new happening in Tennessee because I think even though they overachieved what we would have thought the first few months of the previous regime's era – it's just, it's been really stale. It'll be interesting yeah. to see either they're going to get a lot better or it's going to be a total, a shit show. Flaming, yeah.
1: So yeah. Um, but anyways, onto his, onto his point at, at his press conference, uh, he did say, and this is a quote that I think Clark brought to my attention, which is very encouraging. Was that he did say? He said, "He quote, I believe in screens. I believe in play action. Things that he referencing Mariota." Does well. He's aver- He's averaging seventeen to eighteen yards of completion in play action. Those things scare you as a defensive coordinator. Those are big plays that change field position. Those are things we believe in, and we're but we're not. But we're going to run the football and do it a few different ways. So, and that excites me a little bit. I love screens. Everyone loves screens. Screens are a great way to get easy yardage uh, if they're blocked well. I love play action. I love getting Mariota. Out on a boot roll and and kind of getting him in space and getting able to make defenses worry about is he going to take off is he you know and ha- and by that way uh, have the pass coverage break down a little bit um, and it's just it's different from what we saw right it's not hey we're going to come in we're going to just pound the rock with Derrick Henry Demarcus Mur- Demarco Murray and maybe Mariota will throw it fifteen times. It's like, hey, we understand we have a franchise quarterback and one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league who's got a whole bunch of potential. Let's build an offense tailored to him as opposed to having him be an afterthought, which I'm excited about.
0: Yeah, if I'm making any sort of weird comparison for all of our gamer listeners out there, the Titans are one of those Madden rosters that you want to start a franchise with and just... Cause they have a ton of great pieces sitting there on both offense and defense. They just, they need the right coaching to be able to put it together. Mike Mullarky, I don't care if he had a, a playoff birth, a playoff win. He shouldn't have been the coach for the past couple of seasons. No,
1: you're totally right. Their roster at every level has talent that you want. And so it's just, yeah, it's all about coaching and hopefully Mike Rabel will be that man. Um, That's all the coaching news we've got. Um, because again, things have pretty much calmed down. Um, and honestly, we only really care about the Titans. Uh, so sadly, no, sadly, we didn't have a gigantic. Well, and we also care about the Texans, Clark. Uh, (laughs) sadly, we did not have, uh, we weren't able to have a gigantic party episode because Josh McDaniels was going to the Titans, but. A member of the Patriots at some point goes to the Titans. I'd say we were 75% of the way there.
2: It's pretty good. I mean, if there's no OC in New England, or if there's no OC in Tennessee, let's just speculate wildly based on nothing. Josh McDaniels to the Titans question. Josh mark? McDaniels
1: turns down the head coaching gig in Indianapolis to be the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. What?
2: No, no. Question mark? Question oh, that's that's right. the, question mark? It's the panacea staff. That's the way to write headlines. journalism. Yep uh mcdaniels uh,
1: if you do make that decision please come on to the podcast and tell us why uh let's recap let's go on to the conference championship round a excellent well 50 percent of an excellent weekend of football um the second game was both not great to watch as a football fan and also from us as a uh, viking supporter
2: yeah but silver lining i got to bed early so, so i appreciated that that, that is
1: true. Uh, I definitely did not watch the second half of that game because I was like, why bother? So let's, uh, let's start with the Patriots and Jags uh, since it was the first game of the day and I'm not mentally prepared to say goodbye to the Vikings quite yet. Uh, first off, sorry, I'm all over the place today. I will say, cause I, cause I, um I had this in my notes and it was a nice, and it was a nice time. I watched this at a local dive bar um, and I forgot how much I love doing that and how much fun that is watching a sporting event in a in a in a populated area where you kind of are with a bunch of strangers and yet by the end of the game you're all best friends. Uh they had free chili, good beer, good people. You know, it was just like I forget how much fun it is to watch um to watch in that environment. So that was a nice reminder. That was a nice reminder, nice thing to do. So there you go. Yeah. You forget you forget that sports is this beautiful binding thing among among strangers.
2: I yeah. highly encourage people to go out and watch sports. It's
0: fun. It's especially fun if you're in a different city away from your your favorite team. Because I live out here in Denver. But if I get a chance to go to the Packer Bar, it's like I'm being transported right back into good old Midwest Wisconsin. So it feels good. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, yeah. So it was something that I had done in a long time. And I was actually in California two weekends ago. And one of my friends talked about this exact uh, experience and, and feelings and emotions. And I was like, you know what? That's something I haven't done in a long time. So I made sure to quest for a, a bar this weekend and, and fully enjoyed my experience.
2: Well, I hope you enjoyed it, Pete, because as the listeners know, you're getting married soon. So this was your last one.
1: This was my last one. Hey, my fiance joined me. She randomly bonded with some Irish ladies there who were in town to visit. Um, they were both completely hammered. Um, my fiance was not, but but these Irish ladies were. It was quite a quite a fiesta.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, at three in the afternoon, because why not? Uh, so, moving on to beer bets. Uh, I believe that I am up in the rankings, eight to three. Clark, correct me if I'm wrong, because you are an honest team and you're nodding yes. Yeah,
2: eight um, to three, moving into the conference championships. That's what I'm doing here. Look at that. Uh,
1: first thing, woo. First thing, on the, first thing on the list. Well, I mean, I'll play that again, because
2: uh, first bet on the list
1: was Clark saying the Jaguars
2: would win. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Everyone in Patriots country, you're welcome. All you Jaguar fans, please realize I am the sole reason you lost. And I did it on purpose because I've been saying the Jaguars are garbage all year. And I they made me look like a dummy. And so the I garbage. said, fine, they're good. And that's what happens to teams that I endorse. Look at what happened to the Texans. So it's take true. that, Jags fans. It worked. <laughs> I put the kibosh on you with the double reverse chutzpah.
1: So clearly Clark was wrong, uh, and so I took that bet. So I'm up 9-3. I made a bet Clark, uh, Gronk goes over 115 a touch because I thought that that offense was going to be entirely constructed around Gronk. Sadly, that was not the case, uh, mainly because of injury. Um, So self-shatter there. Let's hope that uh, the concussion is not really a big thing. Uh, He would be nice to have in a bowl that is super.
2: Yeah, I hate the two-week layoff because I want football to happen. But injuries like this... uh, Okay, let's take a couple weeks. Let's get those sprained ankles ready. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Ramsey, I had Ramsey picks off Tom Brady. That didn't happen. So more shattering of glass for me. So that's another one. So Clark, you are now 9-5. to That's two. Two beers for Clark. He is just... Coming back with Avengers. And this was my favorite bet of the, of the, of the game because our last ho- our last guest, Eric Thompson, uh, writer for Daily Norseman, uh, he made a bet that Deion Lewis was going to score two touchdowns. And the bet best thing about this bet was that Clark couldn't and didn't make it because he can't root against Dion Lewis. Um, but I took it. So a beer for me. Um, uh, because Dion did not score two touchdowns. Though I totally thought after James White ran it in, I thought it was gonna be a James White who is going to have a rushing and a receiving touchdown.
2: That's going to be tough. We're going to have to figure out how to do the math on that. I'm going to keep us at nine to five.
1: Perfect. All right.
0: I respect your honesty and uh, your commitment to math. Uh, So what was the score when Gronk got that concussion when he got hit? It was,
1: I feel like it was early in the game, but I could be completely wrong. I feel like it was, we were deaf and I say we, because I am a member of the new England Patriots, uh,
0: the Patriots were definitely down. For some people, they would have thought, oh, no, there goes Gronk with the concussion. Who's Brady going to throw it to? Me, on the other hand, at that point, I was like, wow, this is just going to add to the narrative when Tom Brady comes back and wins this game. Because that's just that's just what you expect happen? from Tom Brady. It's, it's so unpredictably (laughs) predictable and I I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm just like, okay, he came back from 28 to three last year. He's going to come back on the Jaguars because they have a tendency to let up a lot of points when they're winning. We saw that the week before against the Steelers. So I was like, yeah, this is going to the narrative. The
1: Jaguars, the Jaguars made the same mistake that the Falcons did. And, and that teams in the past who have played the Patriots do. And the Patriots, I guess, know this and just will let other teams make these mistakes and that is they suddenly become tentative right you get a yeah. lead on new england and they stop doing what get them that lead you know they start running the ball they start being a predictable offense and so suddenly the Patriots' defense is able to take advantage of that get three and outs and you know eventually brady's going to get it on eventually brady's going to figure it out and your offense you need to stay aggressive throughout the entire game so that you build at a lead that's so insurmountable um That even when things all start clicking for the Patriots offense, the the lead is too much. I mean, think of exactly what happened with the Eagles and the Vikings, right? I mean – once the Philly went up 21-7 to at the half, you could have easily came out of halftime being like, all right, you know what, we're just going to run the ball and we're just going to kind of sit on this lead. But they didn't. They were aggressive. They still let Nick Foles bomb it downfield. And they said, you know what, this is what got us here. We're going to keep playing like this. And they were able to score more and never let the Vikings get back into it. And the Jaguars made the exact mistake that every team seems to make. is It's like, you know what, we are got to lead on the Patriots. We don't want to be too aggressive. We don't want to be too, uh, you know, pushing the ball down the field
0: yeah and they would have killed a lot of clock if leonard fournette was getting five yards a tote but right. at that point he was getting like one or two yards and getting just stuffed at the line he wasn't being able to spin out of tackles like he was earlier in the season and they they just stopped believing in blake bortles he was making some pretty good passes in the first half and they it really just showed like we don't trust blake bortles to keep us ahead so we're just going to try to run the clock down and get out of here.
2: Yeah. The Patriots don't always come back and they don't always have these victories, but they do it a lot. They execute very well down the stretch. And when you have an opportunity as the other team and don't take it, it's just really hard to beat these guys. Like we've seen it, the, everybody thinks the Patriots go to the Super Bowl every year. They don't, they just go a lot, but the other team has their best game and gives it their best shot there. They can be beaten. But the Jaguars, I don't think they let the pedal, I don't think they let their foot off the gas pedal. I think the Patriots finally just started trusting their corners to cover the wide receivers and Mm -hmm. stop the run. And their secondary had a couple of good plays. And Tom Brady had three quarters to figure out what was going on. The Jags had a couple of injuries down on that last goal line stand, had a couple of guys out of the game. And just the Patriots are an extremely good team. And the Jaguars surprised me. But they're just not that good. And if you keep giving the Patriots chances, I mean, eventually they're going to come in and beat you. Right. And that's what happened this week.
1: And you say you say that the Patriots don't make the Super Bowl every year. They just, out of the 16 years that Brady has played, has been active for them, they make it eight of those. So 50% of the time that Brady has been
2: playing in the league, he's made it to the Super Bowl, right. which is freaking insane. But not all the time. Like, if you, got, if you got your paycheck when you were supposed to, 50% of the time, would you call that consistent? Absolutely Fair.
1: not. Absolutely not. That's, that's fair. F.
2: point made. False equivalency, I, or equivocacy. I win.
1: Take yep, it. that's perfect. You know what? That's that's the new headline. Tom Brady makes it to eight Super Bowls. Fail.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, but they can they can be beaten, but you have to beat them. And the Jags, right? They they didn't beat them. They didn't. they let them. We Is had them on the hooks? hook. Wait, let them off the hook. It. let them off the hook. They were who
1: we thought they were. Um Clark what's the what is one thing that or if the, or what are the things that the Jaguars can do in the offseason and going forward to get themselves back into the uh into the Giant Tango uh next year or or maybe the um uh the massive waltz I'm trying out different different
2: words for big dance So I think we do this every year of we have just seen these teams get to these points. And so we assume that it's going to be business as usual next year. I think the Jaguars are going to be what I thought they were all year this year. So take, take that with a salt. I think they're going to be terrible next year. So wow. I, I don't think there's anything. I think they get Eli and, and then I go. can get them back to nine and I can get him back to nine and seven, but otherwise yeah. I, I don't think they're going to be back in the playoffs next year. Well.
1: I take from a from someone who has no biases against the Jaguars. I
2: have I have <laughs> been riding this horse for four years. Your credit, you have you you
1: routinely while I heap praise onto this team, you have every time been like, nope, it's the Jaguars. They're awful. Just believe it. And you know, hey, you know what? For for the last fifteen years, you've been one hundred percent correct, Jordan. Do you have anything that the Jaguars could do? Like what is? What's next for them? What do they need to tackle this offseason in order to continue being at least a legit franchise as opposed to falling
0: back into the uh, world of mediocrity and joke-making? So they need a quarterback. like That goes without saying. Um, From a cap standpoint, I think if they let Chris Ivory walk, which... I mean, they should because I think he's like $6 million on the books. I think they would have around 26 $25 million in cap space. Um, I think that Kirk Cousins should consider looking at Jacksonville. There are two teams that I think he should look at. The other one is not Cleveland. We'll get to the other team in a second. But mm-hmm. I think they need a quarterback. But that also means they can't sign Allen Robinson again. So okay. it's... It's yeah. You believe what you have in that receiving room, and I think you kind of have to because then Marquise Lee is a free agent. So big decisions in Jack. Big decisions in Jacksonville. But number one, you still need a quarterback. I don't care how good your defense is.
2: Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. I think Kirk Cousin and Alex Smith are both good enough to. If that happens, I'm. <sighs> It'll be another rough year for the AFC. Like, they're going to go 10-6. and six. Like, they just need competence because the rest of their team is so good.
1: I agree. If they get a, a competent quarterback, back, or not even competent, just someone who they have confidence in. And I know, Jordan, you were talking about this. Like, they just didn't want – they didn't trust Bortles to win the game. And Bortles played – Pretty well. He played pretty well, I have to say, mm-hmm. against the Patriots. Like he was making throws out there. Um, and either you just say, you know what? Hey, this is our quarterback. We're giving giving him the ropes, and we you know win or lose by win or die by his arm, or you're saying, you know what, we can't trust his arm, so we gotta get someone back there who we can trust. Um, I'm not quite on Clark's bandwagon of they are going to uh I think they I think that the template is there for them to still be a successful team. Uh, as long as that defense, stays. I mean, Seattle was, I understand. I'm going to make a really dumb comparison here. Seattle milked a couple of playoff runs out of the Legion of boom. While that was still together. Yes. They had Russell Wilson. I know what the hell I'm saying, um, but this, I mean, or, or Denver too. Denver, milked a couple of playoff runs and sure they had Peyton Manning, but the corpse of Peyton Manning was basically Blake Bortles. Let's be honest. So, I think this defense is young. They're sticking together. They're only going to get better. Uh, And so, it's just going to be pieces on the offensive side that they're going to need to uh, improve upon.
0: Yeah. See, that's the thing with the defenses that you just named, though, is that those windows are super small for when they're superior because eventually, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been beneficiaries of just picking off pieces from the Denver Broncos and other. Uh, teams have well, co- played drafting out of their goddamn minds yeah and jalen ramsey is probably going to have the richest contract a corner has ever gotten so Certainly. it's it's something they got to think about and if you want to contend now they need a quarterback and that defense is not going to be very good for another five years yeah they need no, to true. they need to act now they need to win
1: now yep um excellent well there you go jaguars fans uh that is what you guys can do to make it back into the humongous charleston uh next year <laughs> uh let's go on oh guys guys it's about to get real sad in here here i'm gonna cue, cue up some music so that we can wallow in our in our emotions and all of our feels. um minnesota vikings you guys it's time to talk to them yeah damn it this is the worst this is the wrong time to invite Jordan back onto the podcast. This <laughs> goddamn Packers
0: Packers lover is like, oh yeah, the Vikings
1: are dead! Get these, are my,
0: these are my Jaguars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: this is This is such a good panel of people to talk to about the Jaguars and the Vikings. Let's talk to a Texans fan
2: and a Packers fan. It took 19 weeks, but I told you so. I told you. Oh God! Is it Sade? Is that who everybody's been talking been about?
0: Yes. No, this is James <laughs> Bond.
1: This is that emotion, the raw passion coming out of James Bond right so here. Hollow.
0: As long as it's not Erica Budger. So so
2: um. So yeah, so we're all so hollow. I'm so <laughs> Hold on, I, I would like to open this segment with Vikings at Eagles bullet point. I can't see the Eagles taking this one. Isn't that what everyone said?
1: God, this was tough. Uh, yeah, what a disappointing loss. We, uh, Oh, my God. I guess we have to talk about it. Um, quickly, let's recap the beer bets. Uh, what do we have? Vikings win by 10 and Foles won't throw a touchdown. <laughs> Lol. That was a fail. <laughs> Just breaking the whole goddamn cabinet there. Um, I think I took this. But I am I think I took it because I didn't think the Vikings would win by 10. I thought they'd win by less. I'm not entirely sure if I took it. But I think I took it. So I'm going to give myself credit for it.
2: 10 to 5. Yeah, so I'm what? scoring this, which is the most important thing. I'm scoring yeah. this as you won the fulls, throws a touchdown. But I win the Vikings win by 10 plus. That's what I had. Perfect.
1: Perfect. Um, I'll take um, it.
2: I feel like this is I don't is know how you got that, but 10 to, to 6. And um. Mayor later
1: also fulls three touchdowns 352 yards good lord what happened let's quickly touch on that jordan you better have answers for me because i am struggling to grasp them what happened how did nick fulls suddenly
0: look unstoppable against the best defense in the nfl this year I honestly, I think it was the exact opposite of what you have in Jacksonville where the Eagles, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because Nick Foles has been there before or if it's because he's got the full support of Carson Wentz on that sideline as he hob- as he's hobbling around with, that hob- cane. with, his, with his pimp cane. Good yeah. God. Keep, keep that look around, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like they just totally believed in Nick Foles, and from the get go, he was gripping and ripping it. They were throwing um, flea flickers in the second half when they were already ahead. They were, they were there to win the game. Like they didn't want to be up twenty four to seven or even seventeen to seven. There's like, no, we're putting this away, and they unleashed. Nick they get Foles. it. Like that twenty seven touchdown, two interception, Foles came out which yeah. Pat, Pat Shermer was responsible for that one too. Guys. Hey, there you go.
1: Um, I Is it bad despite seeing that performance that I still in the back of my head as a Patriots fan I'm just like, God,
0: I'm so happy that we're playing Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Oh, it would have been probably super bad for the Vikings to be back at home playing against the Patriots. I probably just would have added to Tom Brady's narrative when he won that Super Bowl. But at the same time, that would have been a rough one. Have been tough. As it is, it's pretty rough for Vikings fans.
1: I mean, you're coming off of the Minnesota miracle, which people have talked about as like being maybe the catalyst for this game and that it's very difficult to come off of such an emotional high and then go to any team. But, I mean, Philadelphia is a hard place to play. Go to the link and then, you know, have to play another game. And another game, it's like you have to peak twice, which is really difficult to do. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's a sports term for you. Uh, a peaking <laughs> is something where you have to build your team up to to play at its best at a, at a pivotal moment in the season. Um, I had to do I had to peak twice once in a season and it did not go well for me.
2: So I love Narrative Street. I have a nice condo on Narrative <laughs> on Street. <it>. But the <laughs> we, idea we, is that is like, this
1: where we're all going to stay when the uh, when the comet hits the planet Earth. Are we going to stay yeah.
2: on your condo in Narrative Street? it's the narrative street bunker Oh, beautiful yeah it's nice uh but but the idea that the reason they lost this game is because they had such a big play in the last game is absolutely silly let's say they won 13 10 that would have been a team of destiny first you have the miracle play and then you have kai Forbath or whoever their kicker is coming in and kicking hey. that 58 yarder the- guys Teams make big plays and give up big plays every game. Having won the game before, has not. They got beat because the Eagles beat the piss out of them. Damn. That's why they got beat. They yeah. got dominated everywhere all game. That's why they got beat. Not because of Stefan Diggs' amazing touchdown last game.
1: You already hear first, people. Clark does not believe
2: in your narrative. In <laughs> no. Fact, he- actively I'm, attacking it and burning I it down Rent a condo on narrative street i'm just on vacation for this one i'm just there you
1: go there you <laughs> go. he's just he's just taking a break from it uh it's it's a lot to maintain the house all year long or the condo all year long and so sometimes you you know you got to take a break you got to take a vacation
2: it's just probably airbnb, some airbnb yeah. that Milfo out and just go see the sights somewhere there
1: you go there you go you probably have it in like narrative narrative street i feel like is probably in like akron ohio right am i wrong or do you think it's like in a beautiful luscious california
2: setting i feel it's like a boulder it's a nice boulder? place probably okay. don't want to be there during the winter there's probably like there's some drawbacks like the water that falls on the roof isn't yours but otherwise it's a nice place to live
1: <laughs> okay all right all right there you go we both have differing opinions and narrative Um, uh, what else do we have oh uh beer bets the final beer bet we had well we had two beer bets Still remaining, uh, Eric made one which was blunt and JJ average under 13 yards per carry. He was pretty close, actually. Uh, blunt was right at 3.5. JJI finished with 4.1. Uh, did you take this, Clark? I don't remember who took this. Yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I took it too. So, we're just gonna call it uh, call it splits right there. Um,
2: and I believe that has us at
1: official scorekeeper.
2: Uh, I think we're at 10. We're- we're at 10 to six question mark and we have to listen to another one perfect uh, and we have 6. an outstanding beer bet which i hate to do this but uh pete says case keenum starts for the vikings next year and i said he won't feeling much better about that now Yeah,
1: you're feeling pretty good i'm feeling much less confident in and that. it's, it's uh,
2: because of what we talked about a minute ago there are gonna be some decent Middle of the road quarterbacks available next year. I think Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins are both on the market. Everybody gets excited about the rookies that are coming in. So I I just think we're going to see a change. And I
1: I also just think, I think a few things you shouldn't overlook. Pat Shermer bringing uh, Keenum with him to New York. But mainly, I think the Vikings are really sold on Teddy Bridgewater. I think they really like what they see from him. They post, there was an article that ran today, which is basically like the Vikings are like, feeling pretty much all in and i retweeted it um and commented it's like if that was true if teddy bridgewater was came back and was it was a serviceable starter for the vikings and and ultimately made me lose this beer bet I, it would be the happiest i would i've ever been about losing a beer bet like that would be that would be amazing speaking of living on narrative lane or narrative road that would be a, a great narrative i would happily happily be around uh, in town and in my apartment my condo for that
0: narrative See, Packers fans are hoping that they give Keenum like 20 mil a year for the next four years. (laughs) I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. Keenum has been throwing two open receivers, not throwing receivers open. And I thought that was super evident over Mm -hmm. the NFC championship game because you had Ronald Darby who was like laying off Stefan Diggs for a couple of yards. You just do a quick out, boom, easy five yards. But later in the game, when those receivers weren't getting open, Keenum wasn't completing any passes like not at all
1: no that's a good point um jordan let's start with you because i know you really want the vikings to return what can the vikings do this off
0: season to return to uh, to the enormous crump (laughs) to to be fair i want them to be good as long as the packers are good because that just makes for for a good football but uh, what they need to do and this one scares me too is they could go out and get a good quarterback. Like they could go out and get Kirk Cousins because their salary cap situation, believe it or not, is way better than Jacksonville's. They have like, it's because of their QB situation, basically. Well, they have yeah. Three, and because it
1: got rid of the albatross of Adrian Peterson.
0: Yeah. They have three quarterbacks whose contracts are all up. um S- Stefan Diggs' contract is still on the rookie deal. Adam Thielen is a basement bargain price. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Barr has to get paid pretty soon though. I'm pretty sure. Harrison- that defense, that defense
1: is going to start getting paid. Harrison Smith's
0: already been paid, but yeah. Yeah. But I they have like over 50 million in cap space. Like they can go and That's literally the best situation for Kirk cousins. It's in a dome. Those receivers are really good. That defense. You don't have to throw it 45 times a game because of them. Uh, That's what they need to do. That's what they should do. Dalvin Cook's going to come back next year, so they don't have to worry about the running game that much. They are just as complete as anybody else. They just need that that passer. Yeah, Clark, do you have thoughts?
2: Yeah, that's nailed it. I agree.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. I had that's all I had. I had also maybe get a slot receiver. Uh, they're likely going to lose Jarek McKinnon, who wasn't a slot receiver, but was kind of their receiving their fourth option uh, in terms of targets. He was right behind uh, Kyle Rudolph, so he's already gone on on record saying that he wants to go to a team that where he would be the the number one guy. Um, and I think if you put a receiver in the slot, then it just again adds more kind of weapons to whomever's playing signal caller um but also makes defenses worry about another you know just someone to have but yeah ultimately it's going to come down obviously come down to the quarterback position and don't forget about dalvin cook jordan you brought him up but dalvin cook is a really 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 good running back from what we saw in his first four weeks as much as you can judge off of that um and they're suddenly going to have that in their backfield which is going to be excellent and excellent to watch
2: this will be a uh (laughs) run up to the fantasy draft uh topic of discussion so um we saw this injury four weeks into the season. If he goes along the path of the freakishly fast recoveries that we see, we'll be wondering if we're going to get to see him in the playoffs and he'll be that potential like second or third round guy that you take the chance on. And question mark? let see question. how it goes. See, see what happens.
0: Yeah, yep. I was going to say that you, the Vikings can literally just draft that slot guy or the cornerback position I I agree they do need somebody I think across from Xavier Rhodes I Trey Wayans is okay but if he's not committing pass interference then he's struggling a little bit in the game so (laughs) that's an area of improvement Harrison Smith erases a lot of mistakes for Trey Wayans I think so
1: no that's another good yeah especially in just shoring up that uh, shoring up that defense because that it will be where obviously it's uh, obviously the team is built on, because it's Mike Simmer, um, and you know he's going to be a defense minded mm-hmm. guy. So there you go, Minnesota fans, all the ones that we gained from having Eric on the podcast last week. Uh, that is how you will uh, return to the Giant Tango next year, so have fun with that. I love you, Minnesota. <laughs> that is oh, so sincere. Um, let's wrap up the podcast with uh, – we posted it out. We asked for your – Fantasy football questions, football questions, life questions. And oh my God, we got so many responses. Um, all the responses for from one of our fake teams colleagues, uh, Haji Blackburn, who's been on the, the podcast before. Uh, really, we were kind of, you know, we wanted to engage with you, the listeners, but hey, you know, we can't be picky. You know, we're gonna we're gonna take the questions uh, where the t- questions just come from. So yeah, we're not we're not gonna be picky. Uh so I got two questions here. He asked a whole bunch um but i think two that make for a good podcast discussion um so the first question is we'll start with a nice easy one um and i say easy even though that the nfl for whatever reason can't fathom how to define this uh we've talked about it on the podcast before Uh, haji asks uh how should the nfl tweak the catch rule clark let's start with you what how would you fix the catch rule so that in 2018 we no longer have to freaking deal with uh was it a catch or not?
2: If one has the ball in their hand or hands and it stops moving, that's a catch. Beautiful. That's Short, it. short and concise. Don't care how long it is. Don't need a football move. Don't yeah, yeah. if if it's if it stops, you got it. I I'll take that and I'll add one amendment
1: one amendment on and I, I hate the football move because the football move is just the dumbest freaking thing in the world because what exactly is the football move and then it's all up to your own inter- interpretation of that. <clears throat> I would say two steps Two, it's a it's stop rotation in two steps because my thought on that is that is that's what you need to stay in bounds is you need to catch the ball and get two feet in bounds in order to have that be called a catch. Um, and so I just feel like it makes sense that should be that rule should be uh all over the field, right? It should be extended across the field. If you stop rotation and get two feet down, perfect. That's a catch. Whatever happens after that is a fumble. Maybe it leads to more fumbles. Who cares? Problem solved. You can now tell what that is. And if cornerbacks, you know, cornerbacks are taught to sh- hit after the third step, well, then sure, you'll get more fumbles, and that makes the game exciting. Why not? Um, so I'd say, yeah, stop rotation in two steps. I feel like that's a very easy thing to judge. Am I wrong? No. I'll allow it. Cool, cool. Jordan, do you have any amendments to it or, or, or are you in agreement with us? Because if you do have any amendments, we will kick you off the podcast right now.
0: <laughs> well, my, my amendment isn't to your guys' specific catch rules. It's more to how they review the rules. Mm. I think they should put a cap on how much time they spend reviewing the play, because if they're taking all this time in the world to look, to see if the laces moved ever so slightly while the ball is like maybe, or maybe not touching the turf or they're zooming in, that's just too much. I think some things have to be left up to judgment and cap it at like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, something like that. And just get a ruling. Right.
1: Well, it's just, it's returning again. Cause this is something and people have talked about this. Uh it's returning to this idea that somehow somehow this year especially it's felt like that leaving the ruling on the field as called unless there is irrefutable evidence to ever turn it, right? Somehow this year it's felt like uh, the play on the field was called, the ruling on the field was called, then it would go to New York to get reviewed and New York would just judge it however they deemed it, right? They would just re-review it. Uh, As opposed to being like, okay, it was called a fumble. Let's look at the evidence. There's nothing to prove that it wasn't a fumble. So we are going to just stay with the call. Um, And I think that kind of solves your issue, Jordan, is that like, if it's like, unless there's irrefutable evidence to overturn the call, you don't overturn the call, then it's less of like this nitpicky, like, oh my God, did I see a blade of grass move? It's like, well, if you don't see the blade of grass move, then don't overturn the call.
2: I'm going to go a couple of steps further, but not quite as far as I wanted to at the beginning of this. <laughs> uh, each coach gets two replays. And that's it. Ooh. I'm tired of. So I, I watch these games on game pass one right. because commercials just get to me. Uh, it gets me. It makes me very mad to be advertised <laughs> to. And <laughs> these games take three hours, and 45 minutes on TV and you watch my game pass. They're 27 minutes long. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's absurd. It's absurd. What? It is absolutely. It's ridiculous to me that if I want to watch Sunday night football, I'm not going to bed before midnight.
2: Yeah. So everybody gets two challenges because I am willing to say, hey, the refs screw up sometimes. And sometimes it's obvious you get two, buddy. Better hold on to them. None of this. Every other play. Right. That's a scoring play. That there's a truck commercial do that. It's under two minutes. Like, let's go, guys.
1: I just like the idea of of Clark not like getting advertisement advertised to like an ad pops on Clark's like oh, oh god damn it F- turn it off someone turn off the goddamn TV.
2: Did you know that you actually suck? <laughs> Buy this and you'll be not suck. That's what I see. Bud Light will make you not. For like suck. an hour, right? Bud Light making fun of craft beer on TV. I can't take it, guys. I can't take it.
0: <laughs> Are you a man? <laughs> Are you sure <laughs> this will make you manly?
1: <laughs> yeah, can't. Take it. Uh, that's awesome. Um, excellent. Well, that's good. Well, not only do we solve the catch rule uh, NFL, but we also solved replays and the speed of the game. I feel like that's definitely something that baseball. There's been a whole bunch of emphasis on how to speed baseball up, and it needs it, dear God. Um, but there are also there's not been quite the emphasis to speed up the game of football, and I feel like that. I feel like that ship is coming. I feel like people are going to start becoming pretty upset with the fact that a football game takes three and a half hours when there's like 20 minutes of actual game time.
2: Eventually, they're going to run out of the picking on little Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling players trying to raise awareness about police violence issue. And they're going to realize, oh, maybe it's the six hours of Papa John's commercials that are turning (laughs) people off.
1: All right. uh, Final question from Haji. If the NFL added two more teams... To you guys. Uh, what would be the best locations for said expansion teams? Jordan, let's start with you. What would be your two ideal uh, expansion locations? Oh boy,
0: I wish you would have started with Clark. <laughs> Clark, let's start with you. I need more time to think.
2: Okay. Uh, so this would be kind of a gentleman's agreement. Uh, I would like to see two teams in Europe. I will go with one in Ireland because I think it would be fun to have Ireland get one up on England one more time. And then one in Germany, because either these are just both places that in uh, Ireland that I've been to and enjoy and in Germany, I feel like I'd fit right in. Uh, so these two places I feel like would be amazing. And then like, you know, politely ask, can we get like consideration for like the French league or the premier league, maybe a mm. bit too far, but like, can we bring over some good footy in exchange for this our, is like
1: a, this is like a, a scratch. Our NFL is like, Hey, yeah, we'll scratch your back. Europe, Europe, you scratch America's back and we'll give you two to one. Cause you're losing. Having right. To have Cause American you are player. losing big time. We get it. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I'm, I'm dubi- not dubious, I guess. Well, I really shouldn't even be dubious. I was going to make a point about the travel, and then I was like, you know what? The time travel, the time difference from Boston, from the East Coast to Europe is the exact same, from East Coast to uh, California. So teams travel to California without a problem. You'd be screwed if you were a California team. I feel like that would be a hell of a trek. But whatever.
2: Bring back the Concord. I don't care. These guys are professionals.
1: Get on the plane. <laughs> they can deal with it. Um yeah, I like that. I like putting two teams in Europe. I honestly think that the NFL can have their pick at the litter, given the fact that they've just like vacated a bunch of cities recently. St. Louis could use a team again. Oakland, San Diego, uh, you know, let, let, let's return. I don't understand. I also don't get this. I know the they they want to the NFL wants to keep like a fan base intact, and they think that they can just like pick up that fan base and move it to a new city. Uh, And so suddenly like you don't have to recreate a whole new fan base. Uh, Maybe I understand that for the Rams moving them to LA because they used to be in LA and uh, maybe because San Diego and LA are close enough together that uh, it's not really that close, but sure, whatever. Um, But the Las Vegas Raiders NFL explain to me that one. Oakland freaking loves their Raiders. They're not going to all ship up and move to LA. I mean to Las Vegas. First of all, who wants to live in Las Vegas? Like by choice. Um, They should have just put an expansion team in Las Vegas and then thrown a team. They've been talking about putting a team in freaking Europe forever.
2: So the reason this doesn't make sense to you is because you're positing that the NFL gives. And what are we at? uh, uh, 62 minutes into the podcast. You think the NFL gives a (laughs) about you or the fans (laughs) or what they think. The only time they care is when it matters to them financially. And that's when they start caring. I'm using air quotes for you guys listening on the podcast <laughs> they don't care no come on they don't. Like and nationwide this is why it is on your side your insurance <laughs> company doesn't care about you
1: <laughs> this is why clark hates ads uh and clark, this is the, one of the many roles that you have on this podcast is this reminding the naive the uh the doe-eyed pete that the nfl is a machine that hates everything and everyone and it's only cares about how much profit that they could make
2: it's, it's a true business. They deify it, it so that people will give themselves mental illnesses later in life, so that people won't talk about it. So they're a, they're a business, guys. So if you put it in the context of they're trying to make as much money as they can, it all makes perfect sense. And that's not evil. Business isn't evil, but that's just no.
0: That's what's happening. That it's that's the America happening. that we live in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what? On the on the Vegas front. You know how in Los Angeles it's like maybe sixty percent Rams fans, forty percent opposite team, depending on who's in town. It's gonna be ten times worse in Vegas it's awesome. as just a tourist city. Like you're gonna go to Vegas and be like, Hey, let's go the weekend our team is playing right and go gamble and then go check out our team and whatever other random amenities. I mean, the, gonna... the fans in LA, their stadium's going to be in Carson. They don't even want to drive to Carson to go watch a football team, let alone Oakland to Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, no, it's just it's they're not going to have a home field advantage because they're just not going to have a home fan base.
2: And how many tickets are going to get wasted? People feeling plucky on Friday night, I and mean, then you spend two nights in Vegas, and you got to like, like, "Oh my God, one. I need to get the <laughs> out of here." <laughs> game, gonna go sit in one hundred and ten degrees, <laughs> five hours with a bunch of. Drunken idiots rooting for a team that just got no way. That, that oh, way.
1: Boy. Um, uh, well, to everyone who's made it this far in the podcast, uh, this I'm has sorry been for yelling. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> First of all. Uh we this this is we've been we've been excited this podcast. This is certainly the most F bombs that uh that we have dropped in a single recording. I, I like it. I like the looseness. It's a good, it's a good time here on the RB1 podcast. Bleeping the f bombs makes them seem more comical. It's true. It's it does. Right. It it always brings it always brings a little joy, especially if you take your time to say them. If you're like, because <laughs> then that bleep is really long, and everyone's like, oh my god, what did he say? It would probably really long and disgusting. Uh, when reality, it was just me saying the f word for a couple seconds. So I've spoiled the joke. Uh, it's like a magician telling a secret. Excellent. Well, there you go, everyone. Uh, Haji, thanks for the questions. They were well, wild. I
0: you know, let me do my my cities now. I have
1: my no. List. You don't get to pick, Jordan. You, oh, okay. you pass.
0: What <laughs> no, are you would be your cities? Oh, well, real quick, my cities are going to be Toronto, just because we might as well just start bleeding into the Canadian Football League yep, and start yep. taking away their fans. Hundred percent agree with that. And then why not why not go to Portland, Oregon? Football is already pretty big. Uh, they already have the Timber, the Trailblazers. People like sports in Portland too, so might as well get a little Seahawks, Portland, whatever the hell of rivalry going.
2: We were so close. I had Vancouver and Portland. That's like the first thing that popped to mind, and I was like, "Now nah, let's go to Europe. Let's go to Europe. But good uh, choices. Yeah. I like that. Though.
1: Those are great choices. Those are really good choices. I'm surprised that there's been the NFL has made, and maybe it's because of the CFL, but the NFL has made such a push to try to get football into Europe, and it's just completely ignored Canada. And I, I have no reason why, probably because they're a political money-hungry machine and Canada doesn't like them. I don't know. Um, but that's an interesting move, considering that obviously hockey's got Canada teams, but so does uh, basketball.
0: Well, yeah, and you their, Toronto their could just steal Buffalo fans that are just tired of it.
1: Let's have, let's have then, let's have competing Bills Mafia and Toronto Mafia. That'll go over well. <laughs> They'll be much nicer. Excellent. Oh, sorry. Uh, there's my there's my amazing Canadian uh, accent right there. No, they jumped through your table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounded a little Irish. Uh,
1: no, that it was good. I approve. I approve of it. Uh, Clark, do you want to try your you throw us your best Canadian accent? I can't beat y'all, so
2: <laughs> I, I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> oh, there it
1: is uh mine just falls into minnesotan anyways uh excellent well delightful podcast haji again thank you for the questions um to all of our listeners we love you but next time actually try to actively engage with us it would be nice every once in a while if you guys were like oh hey you know you guys are fun and we want to ask you prying questions about your personal lives. we would have answered them uh we would have bleeped them all out and it would have been a minute long of bleeping but hey we just talked about how hilarious that is so it a been all worth it in the end. Make sure to follow us on Twitter so that next time when we ask for questions, you can actually respond. At RB One Podcast, follow myself at PM Rogers, follow Just Clark Barnes at NFL Clark, and follow Jordan Smith at Jordan underscore Smith twenty seven. Am I right? Yep. Nailed it. It's been a while since I've had to say that, like you said at the top of the show, since Christmas. But I am a professional, and I remember these things. Alrighty, we are the podcast for the Porn Bots, and we will talk to you guys next week with a Super Bowl Fifty Two preview. Until then, enjoy the Pro Bowl because that's happening. Oh my God, we didn't even touch on that. Uh, the Senior Bowl. There's dodgeball. There's all kinds of good stuff. We will talk to you next week. Whoosh.
2: Are you out there?